we go. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the Now You're Playing With Podcast podcast. It is a podcast where we go through the Nintendo Power magazines from issue number one to uh, whatever the last number is. Which Do you know how many... Do you know how many uh, uh, how many issues they they have? Do you know when they stopped? Is Didn't it they like, do? They did like two hundred and eighty something. All right, okay, it's pretty sizable. It's just on retro mags, and we grabbing are grabbing this week's issue on number ten. We're on ten, so yeah, we're making some serious progress here. Uh, but I am Brett. I'm a little comedy boy in Los Angeles, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, it's me, Weston. I'm a great, great big comedy boy <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, and you know what's really crazy? This is the the issue we're covering today. The very first issue of Nintendo Power I ever read. Was it as, uh, a, as a young boy? Were you? Did you like freak out as a kid? Like how how did you acquire it? Is my is my question. Um. So <laughs> did you steal it? <laughs> I I did not. Uh, I was supposed to receive a Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas, and I guess this would have been either 1990 or 1989. I'm gonna go with 90. Okay. And uh, did not work out. It was a sought-after toy that was sold out. So for whatever reason, uh, instead of getting a Nintendo <laughs> console, I got this issue of Nintendo Power. Oh, that's <laughs> oh no! Uh, we should we should introduce our guest. We have a guest to share on this uh, journey of remembrance for me, and uh, not of remembrance for Brett. Yeah, we'll never hit remembrance for me because I've never read this magazine. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you, Brett. <laughs> Hey, that's a Lee. Yeah, we got our guest. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. What's your thing? Are you? Are you writer, I'm a writer? I'm a medium sized comedy boy. In Los <laughs> I'm a, you know I'm a comedy yeah. I'm I'm a just right yeah, sized comedy boy. Goldilocks in here. Yeah, yeah. Call me the Goldilocks of comedy, please. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Know, we, we can plug stuff at the end, but like, what comedy stuff have you been doing recently? I know you've been on some other podcasts and stuff, but like. With yeah, the, so the I'm a world. Sure, yeah. I'm I'm an actor by trade, so I'm doing that. Um and then I'm also still spending a lot of time with the uh, UCB stuff. I'm teaching mostly UCB stuff online right now, so that's cool. Oh, awesome. But when we're not in an apocalypse, you know, Ascat, Bangarang, the Dragons, uh hopefully live shows coming back at some point soon. Yeah. That's a that's a legendary comedy show. So one of the first improv shows I ever saw in like New York at one of the UCBs was Ascat and it's a great show. Yeah, it just works. The audiences love it. And uh, when we were when we were still doing it live, it was cool because, you know, the, the tradition is like Saturday is the paid show. So you can, you know, buy your tickets a week in advance. And then Sunday was always the free show, which was just first come, first serve. So the, the folks lining up on. Outside. Yeah, big line outside on Sunday. And those folks, when they get inside, they're just like it's the best vibe because they're like they're here they got in yeah. it's a free comedy show and also like the town they pack it too right? they pack yeah, the house like, yeah it's um, great would so you, you'd perform in these right yes is that what you're yeah uh, yeah so do you prefer the free show is that the more fun one to perform in uh i don't know they're they're different vibes for sure and when i was when i was doing them it was also you know the paid one was at franklin which was like that smaller theater that still exists the og one yeah um the, Wait, the hollywood one is gone no, no, no. The the sunset one. The yeah, sunset, sunset one. one. I'm surprised they lost yeah. that one because that that's where the schooling is. Yeah, that was, is, I'm assuming yeah. that's where the revenue was. So. Uh, it's in some ways, yeah. yeah. I think it's also wow. like it's a bigger expense to kind of handle that kind yeah. of thing too. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. they can keep the Franklin Theater alive easier. So yeah. How many how many New York locations does UCB have now? I want to say zero currently. It's down to zero. Yeah, that's there's so... there's a space where I believe shows are. 
again, there's no shows in LA right now, but there's a space where there were going to be New York shows happening. And I don't know. I don't know what the status of that is right now. The pit is still around, right? Sorry, sorry, audience. This is a deep cut live comedy <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just Nintendo power, your oh, source for not, improv. Well, Los like Angeles. A, it's the diagram of uh, Nintendo power fans and comedy fans. I'm hoping there's a pretty meaty. Oh, it's a circle. There. Yeah. It's 100%. absolutely a circle. <laughs> yeah. If you know, if you know, Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, Del Close. That's a, uh, it's basically the same guy. It's a yeah, smart, Del, yeah, same, Del Close is the Shigeru meme. Same dude. In this magazine, they mentioned Miyamoto says, like, in order to make games, he would go, like, see other art to get inspiration for his art. That's cool. And so I know Del Close would just play Mario Bros. 3 all the time for 100%. inspiration for his improv. 100%. Smoke, smoke hash, play Mario Brothers. <laughs> Invented the Herald while playing Battletoads, probably. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. This is a the cover. This is issue ten of Nintendo Power, and it's the Batman issue. This is it's like the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie, the Tim Burton one on the cover. Is Jack Nicholson a good Joker? Do you guys know? Because he's like the he's the main feature of this cover. Is just Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Was he like a good one? Right? Is it, or I, I really hope that. Jack yeah, Nicholson. I, yeah. It, uh, no, it's Jared Leto on the cover of this <laughs> 19, 1990 Nintendo Power. You can't even tell it's the Joker. It just looks like a guy with grills. Who's yeah. like <laughs> a lot of tattoos. Um, no, I, I I haven't watched the Tim Burton Batman in a long time, but I like the Jack Nicholson one because it felt like a bridge between. The TV show. Yeah, very campy. Who was the name of the guy who oh, played the um, OG Joker on Caesar, the TV show? Caesar yes, Romero. Caesar Romero, yeah. Love old um, Batman. It's so good. Is this a cartoon TV show or a live action? The live action Adam West one. Like, is that yeah. the one that goes like pow? When yes. Punch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like yeah, real, yeah. real. That show is hysterical. Dude, it's actually pretty. Like, I, 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 have, I just remember one scene. And I remember like a shark jumps up at Batman and he had anti-shark spray that he sprayed yep. the shark with. <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's the movie. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's that like... I, to me, Nicholson kind of bridges that gap between the slapsticky comic booky, like old school comic booky feel of those jokers yeah. with like as we start getting into the real deal, like, oh, he's kind of a homicidal maniac kind of vibe, you know. Whereas now the the latest ones now are like pure homicidal maniac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do miss that. Really sucks the fun out of being a clown murderer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is like a fun vibe of comic book movies that isn't this, as much the same anymore. Like even the old Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire is a little more like silly. Mm-hmm, yeah, this movie, I mean, the Joker would kill somebody with a joke buzzer. So he'd like shake the guy's hand and electrocute him into a skeleton. That's, that's pretty great, mm-hmm. in my opinion. That's just funny. The thing I remember about Jack Nicholson <laughs> as the Joker is that he... Sorry. He, he's like the, <laughs> someone just lost their erection. <laughs> every time I, I hope that's not what I'm doing because I press it all the time. Every time. <laughs> I might be like pissing a lot of people off if that's the case. <laughs> well, it's also because then that, that would imply that you're erect every time before that. Oh, that's so not that's my like, erection. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about Batman. Like, Naturally, oh, erect. Oh, you were imagining like, like, yeah. a, like a listener's erection went down. Oh, you just think somebody somewhere? Somebody across the world. It's like a. Yeah, uh, one of those buttons where you like, get a million dollars, but someone dies. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. But people die all well, the time. I, I get the whistle, but someone. So the stakes are pretty low. Yeah, somewhere someone's trying to explain to their wife or girlfriend or husband. Uh, like, I'm I, trying to explain I, to her I, it's not I, your, I you her know. because it mostly know. isn't. I'm totally into it. I don't know what happened. It just went down. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's one person, it's the same person every time you hit the button. I feel a lot more. I, I would, I would, <laughs> see, I feel bad if it was one. If it was dispersed across the world, uh-huh. I don't think I'd feel guilty. 
But one person whose life you're ruining is, yeah, that's too much. It's the, it's the hot, hot sauce guy from the Donkey Kong documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Mitchell <laughs> loses an erection every time you hit the button. Yeah. Guys, you got a movie on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to pitch. All right, so I've got a slide whistle button. But I like the I like the sound, but someone loses an erection. Okay, first off, to, to get this, you have to know who Billy Mitchell is. Dude. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. I, I need two hours of your time. I'm yeah. going to show you a documentary yeah. called The King of Kong. So this project is going to be a documentary? No, no. It's a <laughs> fictional story about a documentary guy. <laughs> I think it's a hit. Um, as big of a hit as this Batman uh, thing. Yeah, it's, it's always weird when there's uh, a movie game and that's like the poster and it's just it's kind of just a movie poster now it's not mm-hmm, even a video mm-hmm. game yeah uh, they've done it with robocop yeah mr yeah, robert I feel, cop I, I feel a little robbed of video game content looking at this <laughs> nintendo power it's kind of like okay the, yeah but that's just batman stuff show me a video game thing yeah I, honestly like as a kid being more of a gamer than like a like a movie guy mm-hmm. I, I, a movie kid uh, I, I would have I would have skipped this one. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Even though the Batman game was good, like I really liked the Batman game. Actually, yeah. I, I forced Brett to play it recently because really? he'd never played it. Yeah, the and the, great, music, the music, music fucking oh rips. Yeah, oh, it's, it's great. great music. And honestly, the I, I, I know we'll hit the section, but like the pixel art's also really good. Like mm-hmm. they, they it's a did, gorgeous they, game, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going inside, in. and what's up next is mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't introduced me to this robot in the corner. What's the guy who keeps talking? <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, that's X one. X one. Okay, so so far he said cover and he said mailbox. It's cool. Yeah, he, he does chores. Yeah, he's nice. <laughs> he's like a like a Roomba with an announcing job. I like that. He used to work on a game show. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game show robot. Roomba. Yeah, you got him at like a yard sale. I or got, something? I got or? him cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> a couple modifications. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> spin the wheel <laughs> <laughs> yep sometimes i'll wake up at night uh-huh. x1's in my room not, yep. not supposed to do that yeah definitely told him not to come in my room at night when i'm asleep um, he's trying to get me to play his game show game for <laughs> i had i had a roomba that i remember this isn't as funny as i thought it was when i was eight but my roomba knocked my vacuum cleaner down the down the stairs <laughs> that's it's really it's pretty i mean funny. that's funny yeah yeah, I, like I remember, like the whole next day at school, I just told the, my whole day was telling me, guys, that's, my Roomba attacked my vacuum cleaner. Isn't I mean, that funny? that's sentience as hell. That's like that's the start of the uprising for sure. <laughs> the first sign of a uh, sentient life is jealousy. It's fucking wild. Like Cain and Abel in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so, so yeah, there's uh, was there. There's a my main thing from this was just reminded how lame Nintendo is at answering these they, mailbox questions. It's pretty dry, and I place the blame squarely on Nintendo's marketing team because yeah, these answers are boring. And there's even a fun letter up top where it's like Mario's nose is different. Did he have plastic surgery? And they're like, no, actually, just when they make new games, they update the designs. Yeah, I, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's zero. There is zero fun in that answer. <laughs> It's like, hey, I know. <laughs> I noticed the past couple of years, Mario's nose has changed. Did he get a nose job? It used to be sharp and droopy, et cetera, et cetera. And then the response is, as far as we know, Jim, Mario has not undergone cosmetic surgery. Many famous characters do undergo gradual changes as they get, quote, older. For example, and it just fucking goes on about Disney, <laughs> Disney and Mickey. When you read that, it actually sounds passive aggressive. Yeah, truly. No, I really do. Like, I... 
I was mad when I wrote. There's not there's not like a touch of all, all that it would be, even if it was just the corporate speak is just that sentence at the end. But like, but who knows? Maybe one day Mario will get a full facelift or, you know, something that kind of like yeah. goes into the cheekiness of it. But it's like what you are noticing is pixels changing over different games. It's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, even in the next letter, it's like, I want to be a game counselor. And it's Drew Jordan in Miami, Florida. And they're like. Yeah, you have to live closer to Seattle. I think I am with you guys. In Holy mean. shit, you're right. Yeah, this is bad. Oh my god. Uh, so, go ahead. And, sorry. And they actually <laughs> literally like shoved dirt in a guy's mouth at the very end. Like a guy. The next page is power. Like the power players. It's like if you want to be like uh, uh, featured, you can send it in. And a guy's like, "Hey, why haven't I been a power player?" And they're like, "Because they pretty much just say your 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 entries haven't been interesting enough." Holy and, shit! And, and, and they feature him in the mailbox. Holy but not, shit! Like they 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 were. They put his thing up to say, hey, you're not good enough. And they refused to put him in the next page over, which would be featuring him, featuring him as a spotlight. Yeah, you're almost there. I, I'm sorry. The listeners have to hear this career opportunities one because it's astounding how, how fucking mean this is. Uh, <laughs> Game counseling has so so. Imagine you're the you're the kind of kid who writes into a Nintendo Power magazine, right? Like all I want to do is is play video games and work in a call center for yeah, five dollars an hour. Stars yeah. in your eyes, and you're like, this is cool. I've found something that I enjoy, and like everyone's always saying, do something that you love. And I found something that might be a possible job. So here, game counseling has always been interesting to me. I call the counselors for tips all the time, and they seem like pretty cool guys. I was wondering, how do I become a game counselor? I'm a great player, and I know lots of tips. Do you guys have any brand? offices drew jordan miami florida here's the answer first of all drew nintendo doesn't have any branch offices it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking savage like why do you need to start with first of all <laughs> lecturing this kid <laughs> Because if you just start with Nintendo doesn't have any branch offices, <laughs> yeah. it's even meaner. There's, okay, there's not two options. There's got to be another way to be like, we love your enthusiasm. Yeah, I, feel like, you know, I, like, feel like I feel like the last line is going to be, maybe you should unsubscribe, kiddo. Yeah, right, right. All of our game counselors work here at our corporate headquarters in Redmond, Washington. When we have openings for game counselors or other positions, those are advertised in Seattle metropolitan area newspapers. <laughs> In so a, boring. And then here we go into the requirements just to scare him out of ever pursuing this. In addition to having a high school diploma and excellent phone and writing skills, each game counselor must be a whiz at video games. You also need to live a little closer to our headquarters. Dot, dot, dot. What the fuck is that? Dot, dot, dot. It's so passive aggressive. It's just like, also, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you'll never meet. Kind of eye roll at him. Yeah, it really is. Like, I feel like sometimes in Thanks work, for I'll, the letter. I'll yeah. have like one person I'll email who I know is usually going to be kind of passive aggressive and shitty with their like emails. Yeah. And that's, that's just this. The dot, dot, to children. Dude. Yes. Yeah. The dot, dot, As dot per implies. my previous emails. <laughs> Yeah, oh my that's... god, poor Drew! I hope he's not in prison. I hope he found something to do that he enjoys. I, I, this was definitely a downward spiral for for that kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on, and we're here at the. Be um, it's the features. It's Batman. Yeah, we're at Batman. Uh, one of the things I like about this Batman spread. And I remember really digging this as a kid, and I was happy to learn that the game was also super rad and pretty hard. I don't remember getting super far in it, but um, this game has cutscenes, 
which were very new at the time. Like it was Ninja Gaiden had cutscenes and like Vice Project Doom and this. And they're actually putting like in little film strip graphics. They have the cutscenes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, in the layout of the the spread. And I just I just gotta say it's a great looking uh, feature spread on behalf of the Nintendo Power Design Team. Yeah, they, they, no. they knocked it out of the park here. And they really I feel like they always do. Uh, put more effort in like the, the the presentation of the game when it's a good game. Whenever it's a shitty game, it's just you can, they just really cobble it together. So mm-hmm. I think that trends. That's a great true. point. Like this magazine actually has some. We we didn't run down the list of what was on the cover, but there's some real bangers. Like some some of my favorite NES games happen to be in this magazine. I don't know if it's cyclical. Like I only think that because this was the first Nintendo Power I had. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, Batman looks great. We talked about this before. It's got amazing music. A, is a great great platformer it's yeah. good shit yeah and it like captures the dark vibe of the batman <laughs> movies without making it like unwatchable or like hard to look at you know what i mean like it feels dark and gritty even in the nintendo like limited sprites yeah, that you have like, that's, that's cool. a good point yeah because i feel like this is like the beginning of games learning to have tone totally and, yeah uh, artistic yeah. kind of style to it mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and this is yeah a great example of a game that's like Oh, holy shit! It kind of I feel like cool, gritty Batman when I play it. Which for a game to like to transmit that is is, is cool to, to be able to at least be able to do that at this point. Yeah, can you can yeah. you? Th- I can't think of any offhand, but there's ha- there has to be some that are just like full misses. Like I remember playing the the Ghostbusters game on NES, and that was one oh, where that I was like, terrible. this doesn't feel yeah. like Ghostbusters oh. at all. It feels like Staircase the game. Like it's like <laughs> it just like didn't feel like the thing that it's trying to emulate. I mean, I think that's the majority of of the of games. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. If it's not like one of the peak ones, like I right. think we've hit um, uh, like the. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one isn't like right. fantastic, which I think yeah. was a couple issues again. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if you compare this era of licensed games, because we just covered DuckTales, we, you know, we're talking about Batman. Yeah. Uh, that Ninja Turtles game is not the best, but I was just thinking about the N64 version of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and that game sucks. N64 Superman. So there's like eras oh, yeah. where licensed games are just way worse than they were here. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I think it's more of just a thing of just, um, it seems like, uh, at this point of time, it seems like there's a really big, like games could come out and feel pretty unfinished. Like mm-hmm. a game could feel yeah. like almost like a virus. Like yeah. There's almost uh, like nothing there. Yeah. Cause games just didn't, they didn't have the memory to make big sprawling games. And I also feel like it might've been a little bit like, I think we're hitting the point where it's like, Oh, you can really like craft and polish a good game. Like it's really like, ele- like I feel like we're seeing the, I guess if you want to call like video games, like some sort of art form, we're seeing it elevate mm-hmm. at yeah. this point, uh, at least a couple steps. Yeah, and it's maybe maybe part of that is just having the roadmap of okay, this movie is the cool property. Now let's try and bring the game closer to that. So then that gets you those like cut sequences or the uh, the film kind of sequences that you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just like starting from scratch and being like, what would be a cool game? You know, I think it's oh, like yeah. you know like uh, starting with like movie adaptations and trying to make them more film, you know, cinematic or whatever. That gets us closer to like the intro of uh final fantasy six being like oh, go, you know credit sequences with like a cold open and stuff where it's not based on a movie anymore but we've learned that you can storytell kind of the same way oh yeah, yeah. I, and i wonder if like because nowadays when you there's so many people who want to become video game makers and it draws all types of different artists if yeah they, you know, yeah and, yeah. These, and I, I wonder if the culture wasn't like that originally because especially with like really old games i i don't maybe that's more maybe it's just more programmers totally and, and, yeah and hardcore yeah. non-creative people and 
I think maybe creative people start realizing like, oh, no, th- this can offer me something. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. To be fair, I don't disagree with anything you guys have said. Although this specific Batman game, aside from those cutscenes, has almost nothing to do <laughs> with the Batman movie. <laughs> like, there, there's a boss in here. You can see a picture of him. It's basically just Wolverine. It's like a guy with a claw hand. Oh, um, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. There's, uh, so, so there's like a loose connection to the movie. But, um, you know, to your point... Uh, I, I think that there was, I think they were just trying to make a good game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sunsoft at this time was also really well known for, um, they did a really good job of pushing the NES hardware. Like the sequel to this game, uh, is Batman Return of the Joker, mm-hmm. looks insane by Nintendo standards. It's a gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a picture in here of a, it's, it's, it reminded me of a moment that I used to love as a kid uh, where you. Uh, what is a stage one three it says we just walk up and there's like a ninja chilling against a wall like like look like i don't remember <laughs> yeah. if he's smoking a cigarette but like it would fit you know like that's yeah, how it looks yeah, yeah, and cool. then he sees batman and then like gets ready to fight and then you have to fight him but if you attack him quick enough while he's chilling against the wall you don't have to do the fight oh, um, yeah, and cool. it's, it's on here and i also for the first time learned that his name is it says run up to kg beast and catch him <laughs> off guard before he can attack with his sword and it's like oh okay the ninja's name is kg beast <laughs> yeah that's not a character from the batman mythos they yeah, just made right, that up right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny right, uh, let's move on here next up is Shadowgate. um i have talked before many times about how much i love Shadowgate. uh Shadowgate is, so cool. is Shadowgate mainly a pc game is this a pc game ported to, this is what it looks like is that a pc game ported to NES? yeah th- this is hmm. an old black and white it was a black and white mac game that was like a point and click adventure where you are a it's like a prince or something that's going into this evil castle run by a wizard like a an evil warlock or something and so it's a puzzle game but it's very deadly there's a lot of ways to die in this game over and over and over until you figure out what's going on some of it's even time kind of based. trial and error mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i, I just like and it's, and, it looks like a kind of early nes foray into like you can kind of play D on the nes if you want right yeah. like it's yep. a little like like very menu based uh uh with a 3d view point and click kind of feel and like yeah. i would argue out of out of their grasp truly but they're yeah. trying to at least kind of like just be like hey we're kind of there kind right of, kind of thing i mean yeah it's, it's an abstraction like they even say in here it's like you have to use your imagination uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, graphics are not mind-blowing and these are like these are full color much improved over the original pc game uh mac game mm-hmm. it is interesting like having um because right now the Right, it'd be like either PC games, arcade cabinets, or the NES would be like your options. And it's weird yeah. how different those are. Mm-hmm. So whenever there are ports, it's really never that great. Like I'm sure this is not the way to play this game. Right. Uh, this is actually oh. the best. Uh, you, there's oh, a oh, oh. there is a current. <laughs> right. I'm gonna, Turns out I can't just uh, uh, say things are true. <laughs> uh, so okay, to your point, if if you were to play Shadowgate today, you would have a better experience playing like the remastered game that they did with like the new beautiful graphics that are widescreen. Okay. And you can point and click with a mouse because this is definitely pointing a mouse cursor with a control pad, which is not great. Yeah, that sounds hard. Mm-hmm. But at uh, the time, the presentation, this was better looking and sounding than the PC game. Okay. I just started, uh, I tried playing that game, Hello Neighbor, 
Oh yeah. On console. And I was like having that same experience of like after, after five minutes I was like, Oh, this is like a mouse kind of game. Like I I fucking, I I hate this feeling of moving the joystick, like single dot around to get my hand on the doorknob correctly. You know what I mean? Where there's no, there's no like snap to anything. You're just, it's truly like just that experience of like, I'm wasting time because I don't have a mouse in my hand to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've had ones where it's like, all right, so to do this, you have to hold R2 and L, you have to hold like three buttons. Right. That's just how they had to do the translation mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. clicking it's, to. It's really controller. only, I mean, with Destiny and other modern games where they have now like analog stick mouse like cursors that you use in game menus and they don't suck. Right. It, it took them 15 years past when this game came out to figure that out, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a cool little section. We're hitting the, the making of Super Mario Bros. 3. The, the, we're getting a little deep dive in the. <laughs> This was a great read. I actually really enjoyed I, well, this. Well, like, all right, so I'm about to really put a stamp on how much of a nerd I am, but I'll for sure watch videos of, like, hey, five things about Mario that you didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, if you go on my YouTube feed, that's really what they're feeding me. Yeah. What's that's the channel? That, it's that and Conan O'Brien videos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really cool to, because I do watch a lot of those videos, it was cool to be like, oh, I found the source. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm always like I don't know how these get they get all these facts and it's this this is this is how they get all those this is how you get five interesting things about Mario Bros is yeah. the feature in the Nintendo Power magazine that's behind the scenes mm-hmm. yeah this is what uh, four pages of write ups on the making of Super Mario Bros three it shows you what the Nintendo office complex looks like which is it's just a bunch of white office buildings <laughs> in Kyoto <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just I just caught this in there. A concept that was rejected was having Mario power up as a centaur, half man, half horse. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. Uh, the idea the the idea that they finally settled on was to give Mario a tail and the ability of flight. That would have been sweet, though. Centaur Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been incredible. Can, I do you think that because I know Miyamoto wanted dinos- Mario to ride a dinosaur well before Yoshi came along, oh, cool. like Super Mario Brothers one, even maybe. Mm. So I wonder if this was the evolution of that, where they're like. Yamoto-san, we can't do it. And he's like, what if he had a horse horse legs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that's why he passed on the centaur. Uh, like, he's like, I, I got a dinosaur idea we'll eventually do. Yeah. He and rides a dinosaur, and to make the dinosaur's tongue go out, he punches the dinosaur in the back of the head over and over. <laughs> yeah. Classic thing. Um, yeah, it's true. I guess he, he got his centaur in the end via Yoshi, right? That's cool. Yeah, it's super neat. I mean, honestly, Mario, I think, I think they should still maybe consider making Mario a centaur at a certain point. But um, I want him to just get like, like super ripped upper body when that <laughs> happens. <laughs> yep. He turns into a centaur and it's just like a bad fantasy novel cover. Like, oh man, he's very suddenly, sexual. <laughs> he suddenly like has like really dramatic dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, great. But like, and even with the centaur, like that's the thing that I've seen in a video before and Again, just cool to cool to see the source. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I really enjoyed. There is on. Uh, they have a section called programming here, and they show uh, what's the technical term for it. They talk about how they got sprite graphics into video games back in the day, and it's literally printed reference sheets of their um, uh, character banks, is what they're called here. But it's it's the uh, there's another. If you watch enough YouTube, you'll eventually go down the. 8-bit programming rabbit hole and you'll see like the grid of sprite bits that they use to make sprites in games and it's like printed sheets of that it's all paper the level design stuff is paper i always love seeing these like 
the idea of designing these Mario levels, they just do it on graph paper and, and like colored pencil. It, it looks uh, like a printed out version of Mario Maker if you've ever used the level maker in that. Which is it's also trip. cool. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, because uh, uh, Mario Bros. 3, I would say, is probably the best game to come out at, to this point. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see, like all this stuff we're seeing, I think is also the stuff that they're doing that's really pushing them above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say it reminds me of like the that age of like when I, I couldn't play video games when I wanted to. And so my off time, you would find ways to engage in video games. And it would be like drawing a level of Mario on a pit, you know, like just go draw something or like, here's like, <laughs> I have, did like, that. Have yeah. some yeah. Or something, and then it'd yeah. be like, yeah. all right. And you just like draw like a stage in Mario with like the blocks and stuff. Yeah. Our parents must've thought we were crazy. Just fucking crazy. <laughs> how, so obs- crazy. how obsessed you can get with this stuff. And it was truly all I wanted to do for like so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have like, stacks of paper of just video game stuff i would make yeah just like draw video games yeah did you guys see the tiny tiny thumbnail picture here of koji kondo writing music it's awesome it's so cool mr kondo lays down some tunes for a future nintendo game that's what's sweet nice oh brett did you get the uh that's on the next page the earthbound reference Hey, spoilers, man. Uh, yeah, and then there's a profile in Shigeru Miyamoto where, uh, yeah, I, I was really excited about, about that too. He talks about working with, um, how do you say his name? Shigesato Itoi? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to try. Uh, uh, where's it at? I'll take a crack at it. Uh, it's, it's in the it's designer profile, okay. the middle, middle column. Um, so, yeah, they make a reference to working on Earthbound Zero. So it's the mm, NES, okay. like, Mother One. Yeah, and yeah, they just. It was interesting that he was a copy. They, he's working with a copywriter for mm-hmm. this new game. Mm-hmm. I think this he, is a Shigeru Miyamoto has been involved in the video game industry since nineteen nine since nineteen seventy seven when he started working in Nintendo Company Limited. He's also known as the Godfather of modern improv. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, that's weird. That's in the magazine. <laughs> they also call him Doctor Miyamoto again, yeah. even though he's not a doctor. There's a, there's a picture <laughs> of him doing improv wishy woo. <laughs> <laughs> What's really weird is he hates long form. It's all short form that he talks about in this article. Well, this is 1990. So it's, yeah. <laughs> the make-em-ups. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was amazing. And he's also doing prop comedy in one. In right, one slide. right, yeah. <laughs> so where did the Dr. Miyamoto thing come from? Is that, is I, I there any, they keep any on doing it. And I, I've never heard that before. And they just, every time they mention him, they... They call him Dr. Miyamoto, and it's almost, they refer to it almost as if it's a nickname. Yeah. It seems like a nickname that, like, never stuck, I guess, if we didn't, if we didn't know about it until we're going through the archives, right? It's got to be, you know, you know what's going on here. It's Howard Phillips (laughs) thought, he's like, I'm going to start a thing, and every time he sees him, he calls him Dr. Miyamoto, and Shigeru Miyamoto is always like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or maybe it's like, you know how you can't make your own nickname? Yeah. So maybe that's me about a really trying <laughs> He to was make. pushing doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I wear my stethoscope on accident today? Oh, I guess I'm doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Then, it's like if there was an era where they were like Professor Spielberg. Like, mm-hmm. who would. <laughs> he also writes that, um, this is another little uh, gaming fact, is, uh, you know, chain shops? You know, you know, those are the little black, uh, how could I guy with, with teeth who's on a, on a oh, chain sure. yeah, yeah. and he like goes for you and he can't quite reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the reason he created, he created that based off of being just chased by a scary dog, but it was on a leash so it couldn't get to him. That's great. Uh, so That's, it, yeah, this is one of the first time. Well, certainly one of the first times in Nintendo power where they've created the a thing that I feel like lots of people who know video games and Shigeru Miyamoto know, which is that he 
pulls from life and personal experiences for game design ideas. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, well, not to downplay his creativity, but it also seems like he might have just been the first guy in video games who's like, oh, I can be creative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Have you ever read like the book um, Outliers? Or it, like this? Yeah, Gat- yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. It's all yeah. about like whenever you become a professional at something, it's kind of about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of seems like Bayamato is there a little bit because it just seems like he's the only guy who who is being creative, uh, who has any sort of a creative mind at this point, and it's and it's changing it. But it's, but it's also like it's, it takes a, a certain kind of like bravery and boldness to because there, there's I'm sure everybody thought they were being creative, quote unquote, like in yeah. this in this form. Right. But then to kind of think beyond the current boundaries and go like, oh, well, what can we do? That's not, you know, the the standard. What can we do? That's going to be something that's still enjoyable, still accessible, still playable for everyone. But it's also something that nobody's ever seen. I think like that's the challenge. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I agree. I, he's definitely a mega innovative. I, I just sorry. I, I had to defend my boy, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Miyamoto. His, so. his, not to pile on, but yeah, his hit rate is, I mean, it's not like we're talking about Dennis Dyack. Or, oh, yeah. You know. I, I didn't mean for that to be an actual swing. I was just uh, observation. Um, Dude, you're out of line. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he's a doctor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and his, his medical credentials are suspect. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then we got Willow. Yeah, actually, I, I want to make. I, I I did not mean what I said. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut out this backpedaling. We're going <laughs> to we're going to end on that. I do I do understand what you're saying though. <laughs> no, you're you're good. Um, next up is Willow. Uh, is is the game Willow better than the movie Willow? I said, if we get an email saying Brett. <laughs> I really don't like Brett taking swings at my me and Meadow. I'm, uh, I'm cutting this out too. Okay, right? yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sincerely, Doctor M. <laughs> I feel like Willow's popped up 20 times. It really taught. They really wanted Willow to be a big movie when it came out. I don't. I don't know that it. I I watched it many times on TV. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of have no no reference point for what its cultural impact was at the time. Like, this I is, don't know how big of a thing it was. Yeah. It's like pre. So it's. It's Ron Howard and George Lucas, and I think Spielberg was a producer on this also. And it's Warwick Davis, who's he, he's been in a ton of stuff. And Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they created this big fantasy world, but this also predates like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. And I feel like all that stuff hit way bigger than Willow did. Was and, it like attempting to be kind of that like lore heavy uh, uh kind of fantasy thing or is it just kind of oh uh, yeah barbarian and a wizard and the movie is just a a fantasy movie so they reference a lot of stuff in passing that is a big part of the lore and to contrast with the batman feature where the batman nes game has almost nothing to do with the movie this one constantly mentions a ton of like they talk about tiras lean uh which is i guess is like a human city and all this other lore stuff is in this game. Can you think of an example of a game that is based off of a movie that's really true to the movie, but it's also a good game? Like, is is there an example of, of that, or is it only when they like just kind of grab the characters and run with it? Mm. Uh, the the first Iron Man Xbox Three. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's, that can't be. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't think of any personally. The, but the kind of uh, glib answer to that is games have been cribbing from movies for decades. So it's like, oh yeah, Aliens the game, aka Halo. <laughs> You okay. Know, yeah. Where it's yeah, just yeah. just space marines. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe there's something like that. There's pro- there's got to be an example. But it just seems like marrying to a movie would be a bit of a recipe of disaster because of just the limitations. That, is that Astro Boy Game Boy Advance game that was <laughs> supposedly really good. Okay. 
And I guess like same with movie. I mean, making video game movies is tough. Double Dragon Two: The Revenge. I know this is a big game. Do either of you ever have ever played the Double Dragon games? Yes. Uh, this was what was it? it was like a like a, a daycare kind of like after school program thing that I was at when nice. it would rain and we couldn't play outside. We were lucky enough that they would bust out an NES and like forty kids would gather around the one TV. And if oh, you were wow. if you were quiet, <laughs> then you would possibly get picked next to play. And this was like one of the three <laughs> one of like the three the three games that they had. So you would just like sit on your best behavior, watching like hoping that you got picked next. Um, and this was this was like one of the big ones for sure. Would I'm assuming would that was that only were there like three kid nerdy kids always playing it when it wasn't raining? No, so or it was, was just like a secret surprise. No, yeah, it was you. You couldn't. It was. It didn't exist when it wasn't raining. Oh, okay, like it was yeah. like it was like locked away behind some cabinet. So like if it rained hard enough, where like they told you you couldn't play outside, then this was like one of the activities that you could do. Oh, that's kind of exciting. Um, and it was like a counselor kind of like leading it and then picking people who. Yeah, and I remember one time. <laughs> one time I waited for so long, and everybody was playing Double Dragon, and I waited like you know, and I got picked. I was maybe like eighth or something. And I was so fucking stoked and everybody been playing double dragon. And I was like, great, I'm going to play double dragon. And then for no reason at the last minute, I changed it to Contra. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, I dude. Like, and I was like, I was like, Oh, this, this game looks cool though too. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And then I played Contra and I died within like 10 seconds. I lost three lives. Oh. And, then, and he, was, oh, he no. just kind of shrugged and he's like, all right, next. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I understand the predicament he's in. Like he, he can't just like give me a whole other turn, you know? Cause then everybody be like, he got, he got two goes at it. But then also it was like, oh man, this kid just got rocked by like yeah. stray bullets in I like can, ten seconds. <laughs> School of hard knocks. Truly, that's yeah, rough. Yeah, I, I can empathize with him. I feel like my reaction would be shrug. Sorry, sorry, kid. Yeah. Next next one's up. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you shouldn't have picked Contra as your game choice. <laughs> <laughs> that time to it's, it's uh, the time time to kill. In Double Dragon versus Contra, you can get you can get minutes. A hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. You can you can last. A, you can just get punched in the face in Double Dragon Two for like a while before you lose <laughs> a life. I have videos on my Switch. I, I figured out if you have one or two enemies on screen, and if you don't actually try to beat them up, if you just kind of punch them once mm. and then back off, mm-hmm. you can keep that going indefinitely. Like <laughs> that game could never end. Yeah, that's like uh, similar to real life. <laughs> you start a fight. Start a fight. You punch you once get- and you just kind of like back off a little bit. It's like, oh shit, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? <laughs> this, this yeah. Punk lady with a chain. Yeah. Uh, start yeah. a fight with her. I always try to attack people while they're still smoking the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smart move. K- KG, what's his name? What was it? <laughs> Fuck, I forgot. KG Blaze. KG, K- was it KG Blaze? I, I, know. K- it's KG. I think KG Beast. KG yeah, Beast. KG is Beast. Right. Thank you. That would have killed me. KG Blaze is his cousin. KG Blaze. <laughs> uh, cool. Clash at Demon Head. Dude, this game. So, you guys know Scott Pilgrim, right? Yeah. You know, of Scott Pilgrim? Yep. I'm pretty sure Brian Lee O'Malley had this specific issue of Nintendo Power growing up, and that's why I had such a strange experience reading the Scott Pilgrim comics, because there are so many obscure video game references that are in this magazine. Hmm. Like, their, their knockoff uh, band based on Metric is uh, the Clash of Demon Head. Yeah, it's the name of their band, right? The, yeah. The main band. In, mm. in the comic especially, there is um, a ton of references to River City Ransom, like fighting your way through a high school to rescue somebody and say yeah. barf when you get knocked out. Mm-hmm. River City Ransom is coming up. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, one of the alternate covers for one of the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels is him as Raccoon Mario. Mm. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, 
I don't have a lot to say about Clash of Demon Head, the game, but the years later finding somebody who had read that <laughs> issue and just decided to put a bunch of deep cut stuff into their totally. comment was yeah. wild. I mean, but in, in my notes for this one, I wrote, uh, Weston will bring up that this was a Scott Pilgrim. Yep. <laughs> I've done it before because they mentioned the Clash of Demon Head previously, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's, ooh. A, fun, it's a fun fact. Uh, actually, and, then, and, and if, if, if we're going this, the Scott Pilgrim train, the next one is literally River City Ransom. It's true. And, man, what a great game. Two of the, the best beat-em-ups. Yeah, this is, a ga- this is a game that I never experienced in its heyday. I only played on emulators afterwards, and I okay. was like, oh, holy shit, this, is, this fucking rules. And you can, tell, you can tell that there's... So, like, this is based on a series of Japanese games, right? What was it? I was, I was, I was just looking it up. Yeah, Kunio Kun, the uh, Techno's uh, mascot kind of character. And they have, like, a whole... There's, like, the same, same characters are in, like, those dodgeball games as well, right? Crash in um, the Boys, another Scott, it, Scott Pilgrim reference, okay, is another yeah. Kunio Kun game. Okay, so yeah. is it like, is it this kind of like art style, but it'll be like different types of games? Is exactly. Mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. Of the, the same, of same characters, but doing like sports okay. and that kind of thing. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. This game has, uh, you know, for the listeners, like there's this very distinctly kind of boxy character design that I think it looks up really great. Well. It looks so good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's doing what you can with those like pixel limitations and not trying to make like an anatomically correct human being that just looks like shit. It's, it's like cool. no, it's like, like, like <laughs> let's, let's give the impression of it. You yeah, know? The, these cartoon graphics always hold up really well. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, any game that kind of goes cartoon, like Nintendo will do this a lot. Like even if you like look at a GameCube game, like the Zelda GameCube game that goes really cartoony, that holds up really well. Man, mm-hmm. Wind Waker same, looks so good. I know, and the same with NES. Like whenever they go cartoony, it's like. I'm like this looks how they want like it looks like I'm watching the Simpsons almost. It's yeah. like all Simpson characters. Yeah, this also has I mean, this is one of the early RPG progression in a different type of game examples where right. it's a fighting game, but you can visit like the mall district and buy food to power up your skills. That's fun. Yeah, up your agility and your kick strength and all kinds of shit. It's cool. It's also uh, is really important. This is that's also an element in various Scott Pilgrim comics. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I actually think I played this only once on my 3ds and i played it was in 3d so, so oh, it was cool. like a 3d 2d game this is also like a good so the first double dragon was single player only right am, uh, I, am I remembering that for the nes i don't remember i'm yeah, not sure about I'm not that sure. i think it was but double dragon 2 they figured it out and it was two player same mm. thing here river city ransom had really bad slowdown but it was a two-player fighting game mm-hmm. oh okay Cool. All right. So we're on the, the top 30. We're, or we'll read the top five. What first party Nintendo games will be in the top five? It's this actually time? a pretty mixed bag oh, this right. time. Yeah. It's pretty and so this is, this is voted on by. Ah, we'll get to that in, okay. a, in a minute. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed. There's a bit of a system okay. here of All how right. they do it. Um, the, but, the next page is arguably more interesting than these this top 30 here. I, look, I'm a sucker for lists and stuff like that. Brett, will you take us through yeah, those the top, top five? five. I've right. always decided. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so yeah. Uh, so the, the fifth place would be Dragon Warrior. Um, that one game. Yeah. No, that's great. Dragon Quest. You said well. it was going to bomb. I mean, still, like, uh, uh, I think that uh, in Japan, I'm sure that's number one for quite a while. But uh, yeah. uh, number four, Ninja Gaiden. Japan bought... Uh, <laughs> One copy of Dragon Quest for every man, woman, and child in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was big. Uh, number three, we got Super Mario Bros. 2. Number two, we've got Zelda 2. And number one, we've got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. TMNT. Like, it's always like one game that's brand new that blasts the top for like mm. uh, 
one month or, or I guess these are two months. And this one's up by like 4,000 votes yeah. over the second place one. And please you, tell me who's voting. What does this work? Flip, flip forward a couple of pages. <laughs> okay. So here, here's where it gets fun. They split the votes out by players, pros, and dealers. Oh, and the dealer's so evil. Look at him. They've yeah. got these little it, cartoons for the, sorry, they've got these little cartoons for the guys. Players it, picks as a happy little kid. The pros picks is like a guy with like tiny glasses. It's a kindly watchmaker. Exactly how you'd picture Yeah, and the dealers is just like it's, a grumpy drug evil, salesman. Yeah. Like, evil factory owner. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. They change the image every time and they always oh, really? look villainous. <laughs> so it's funny. never not been villainous. That's great. Yeah, so the dealers, our best guest is, uh, our best guest is that they are um, the Nintendo authorized resellers voting uh, on? Sure. So, okay. So the Walmart buyer gets five thousand votes, and uh, right, everybody. Okay. So, of course, number one for them by you know an order of magnitude is TMNT because that's what all the kiddos Folks are, are buying. buying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Some of the consistencies of this magazine are really wild. It's wild that that like for this page that they do every time, they mm-hmm. always have different images for the kids, and they're pretty consistent in like. Yeah, the, the business guy always looks like a villain. The kid always looks like a nice kid. And then the top is always something completely random. Shirtless, mm. greased like, bodybuilders. Sometimes it's like shirtless men. This time it's just, <laughs> um, it's just a race car driver. Who might be shirtless. We don't know. He has a sleeve showing, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pantsless. It could be a one-sleeve shirt. But, uh, uh, so players' picks is the people writing into Nintendo Power, right? Yeah, it's, like it's the, the kiddos, vote, right? The kiddos. Yeah. Pros' picks is who? The people who work at Nintendo Power? It's the gameplay counselor people, I believe. So it's like the yeah. people, oh, um, oh, oh, like on the help like, helplines and the, stuff yeah, like the, that. The job that one kid wanted, yeah, yeah, that can, he that can't he have, have, that he have. He's yeah. never gonna get it. Yeah. So, pros picks is exclusively people in Redmond, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, and yeah. usually the pro looks uh, not like uh, an uncle who uh, makes candles. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. This is this is a little bit weird for the Geppetto. For the pro. Yeah. Kind of looks like Mario, honestly. A little bit. It's got a I, maybe it's just old mustache. Mario when he was in his forties. Mustache yeah. and the circular nose. Yeah, not twenty-seven-year-old Mario. Mario on his way to becoming a dealer very soon. I I miss. Do people still wear glasses that just don't fit their face anymore? <laughs> I don't know why that was a bad word. It's like <laughs> only in uh, glasses that are way too tiny. Only in fantasy, like science fantasy movies and television, like Netflix's Arcane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Centerfold. We're here at the centerfold. It's a robot dinosaur. I have no idea what Dino Wars is, but it's pretty sick. Uh, it's Dino Wars with a Z. Uh, oh, yeah. That's how, how you know it's uh, doubly sick. Yeah, honestly, it's just a big robot dinosaur and um, dinosaur dino with a Y too. That's another piece there. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dino Wars. Oh, I was I was so focused on the, the Z, dis- I didn't know that. Notice the Y. That's yeah. huge, that's huge. Oh, I'll sneak up on you. <laughs> the subtitle of this game is freaking me out. The destruction of Spondylus. Yeah, you maybe that's the planet behind the dinosaur robot in this I, poster. I had spondylus in college. You you go to the doctor, you get a few pills. <laughs> they do that wooden Q-tip, cleans it right up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the back of this is a like a complete map of River City Ransom, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, it just, or almost it gets you to the final high school. The map as in just a straight line. The by the <laughs> way, we've talked a lot about maps, and since the view the listeners can't see them, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But the Shadowgate map and this one are both really good. Like they're very informative. There's mm-hmm. like little tables of information at the bottom. Oh, I'm not very zoomed in, so all I'm seeing is that it's stupid that they have a map since it's a game where you go in one direction in a side scroller. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It branches. But is there like oh, is there branch? Yeah, River City Ransom okay. has like a branching like portals that will take you to a new area. part of the left yeah. area. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's kind of fun. Have you enough to make it? That's a good phrase. I like that. 
Uh, all roads in here. Are you ready for the biggest battle? Another one's another one. Good one. <laughs> okay. All right, let's take a let's take a break here. Yeah, Where's I'm, the? I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, okay, we'll be back in a minute. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! All right, you want to send me and Weston some emails? Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at nowyourplaying.com. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the guys. Hey, we're back. Hey. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, ready to, ready to jump on in. I, I, I think. What's up next here? We, we just, hit the Game Boy. It's the Game Boy. Yeah, I feel like at this point, I, I think at this point of the magazine, they have split the magazine into two parts. One where they go over the Nintendo, and then the next is the Game Boy at this point, it seems like. Yeah, they have walled off the Game Boy coverage into its own Game Boy. The actual layout is Game Boy shaped. If you if you look at the graphics here on this page. Uh, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, and how does that work in a real magazine? Did the pages get smaller? Because we're looking at a PDF right now. But yeah, how did, how did, the, how did, how did the layout fight. get Game Boyified in real life? It appears that uh, it is a smaller layout, but the border is cool Starfield whooshing graphics. Okay, all right. So, because when you're using the Game Boy, you are presumably riding a bicycle or flying through space. Yes. Usually. You're holding the Game Boy up to your face, so you're just seeing in the periphery of your vision stuff mm-hmm. flying by. Okay, cool. And it mirrors that experience. Yeah, it's, uh, I, feel, I feel like I'm playing the Game Boy. Do, you, do y'all have any specific uh, things you want to talk about related to I, yeah, golf or boxel? I've got one thing, and okay. it's not really related to the specific game. Just that's called golf. It's just called golf. Right. But I just with golf games, I've realized for some reason I think like I always convince myself that I would love a golf game. Golf games always. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I can't wait dig in into this golf game. I have this and thought I, about Mario golf all the time. And I have never enjoyed one. I have never had a single <laughs> minute where I've had fun doing it, but I still think I like them. <laughs> I definitely, I think my experience with every golf game I've ever played is like first couple swings, very patient, very measured, very much like trying to go, okay, so I select this club and then, all right, this feels like about the, and then the second hole is just like, what if I pick the strongest thing and just hit it as hard as possible? <laughs> like, it's yep. just, it did it like the patience goes away so fast. It like just, just descends into madness so quickly. The last golf game I played, I was just trying to hit like the building that was on the side, you know, like out of bounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. just seeing like, what if I bounce the ball off that thing? Well, let's see how high I can get the number. <laughs> of swings on this before they force me to do the next hole this is really yeah the idea of the thing is more exciting than what's yeah i'll, I'll use this music gizmo if i buy it which is what games cameron would say to me <laughs> <laughs> the world famous games cameron uh is there anything about Mario Golf that makes it like uh, a fun experience or mario related or is it just a straight golf it's, simulator it's portable it's I mean like is is there anything like video gamey in, oh, you know what I mean yeah. like or is it, it just like no, could it could honestly, it just it be pretty like, dry it, yeah. it is if I remember correctly I might have played a, like the next golf Mario uh-huh, game uh-huh. on the Game Boy like the Game Boy Color one but 
your characters are just normal characters too, but Mario right. is just an unlockable character. Uh, like Mario okay. like owns the business. He owns the golf course and he's like the big concho. So there's like a Steve and a Nick and a Janet. And then it's like, you can unlock Mario. Yeah, you can unlock Mario. Who's 27. So this could just be Lee Trevino's putting challenge. From Pretty much, the- yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Great. Deep Cut Simpsons reference. Very nice. Hell yeah. And, well, like the newer Mario Golf games can get a little crazier. It'll be like, oh, I'm playing golf in like a crazy Mario world that's like unique and like the, 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 the terrain is like interesting. Yeah. But then you realize you're still playing a golf game. So right, right, <laughs> that, right, that's right. the bigger issue. Yeah. <laughs> I have a vague memory of the kid up the street when I grew up having Quirk, which is this box pushing game. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm down for a puzzle game where you have to get from one side of the room to the other by pushing around boxes. I, I might have had this on the calculator. This, 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 I remember it's had a bunch of puzzle games on it my has, calculator. It has big calculator energy. It That's does. True. It kind of feels, it does. It feels like a nice TI-83 plus game. <laughs> and then the preview section, I think the main thing to talk about here, unless you guys are really down with Dino Wars, is uh, they got some pages on Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah, it's the third um, Mario yeah. Bros. game. Yeah, I think my main thing is uh, great, great game. <laughs> yeah, this game's real good. <laughs> it's a real good game, all time. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, whenever I play it, I feel like I'm playing a Super Nintendo game. It's it's so good. It feels like I, I, I always mm-hmm. equate mm-hmm. it to the next console. I, I can tell the difference, but I understand what you mean. It's very yeah. it's very well put together. Well, like we've always talked about like with these or at least i i have always talked about that the, these early games it seems like the uh the sequels are either completely reinventing itself or polishing what they originally established mm. and those polished sequels seem to always be the classics yeah and with two they did the reinvention they try to try to reinvent it and then three is the polished sequel it's when they like grabbed what they originally did and really just upped it mm. and yeah this is like the perfect example of that being like the right move yeah three feels i mean three feels like a a vision realized in terms of like the mario universe and it's also got that expanded feel to it where it's uh non-linear you know you can fucking you can play the game in a way that you go from world one to world four to world eight and just beat it quickly or you can like go completely step by step through it if you want yeah Yeah. i think that's like a fun addition that actually made me think about like being fully realized as i was watching a um uh, Todd Howard uh, uh, Skyrim interview recently, and he said the reason why Skyrim was such a hit was Oblivion came out before they really had their hands around the hardware, and they no. feel like they hadn't quite mastered it. And he felt like Skyrim was such a hit was because that was when they were like, "Oh, we know how to handle this like hardware. We know how to do what we want. Now we can truly do what we wanted to do." Mm. And it's kind of feel similar. This is like if it, like a vision. It's like they 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 really were like, "Okay, yeah, we know what we're fucking doing." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I like thinking about the subtle but very important differences between Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3. I, I think if I had to pick a favorite, I would go with World. It's probably the game that I have enjoyed the most, although 3 is amazing. Yeah, I might just do that because I'm not sure if that's nostalgia for me or anything, because I, I, like any of these Nintendo games, I just don't have much experience behind. But the, the, the cool thing is you have the world here, but it is kind of a run-based world where you can choose which levels to go through, but you still have your lives. It's still, there, there's no save mm-hmm. in Mario Brothers 3. The game console's off, the game restarts. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mario World has more uh, of the more modern, yeah. like, I'm going to keep plugging at this thing and find all the secrets. Chipping away at this quest kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was playing a little bit on the virtual console, and it did, I, I was very surprised to find out I could not save. Mm-hmm. So I had to like do it via uh, the emulator I was on. Um, yeah, it feels like a game you should because it's so long. It's such yeah, a long it's big, game. Yeah, 
This game was very. This game's also way harder than World is. It's it tough. Yeah, very much built for uh, the people who got good at beating Super Mario Brothers. I was playing World Two, and I was like, "Oh, I have to try." I didn't normally when I play a Mario game, I'm just kind of breezing through it. But mm-hmm. I, it was it was I was World Two. I was already dying. Yeah, I think the like the size also is a big thing. So so the game feels a lot more expansive because you know it's the multiple worlds thing. There's also the fact that you have flight now in this game, which like as soon as you master that, it really opens shit up. Like you immediately are just like, what's up in the sky above where I am right now? And frequently you're rewarded for exploring those kinds of areas too. So it just like it makes the whole thing feel more exploratory, which I think is like a big thing that games do now, where it's you know the whole open world kind of vibe is is a huge trend that makes you feel more um, immersed in the world. And I think like Mario three had that as a side scrolling NES game, which is like oh, yeah, pretty cool. Dope, point. You know? Yeah. I'm sure playing this. Cause like I, I'll play this and I've already experienced. So like, I'm so used to that, like element of surprising games, but I'm mm-hmm. sure when this game came out, I was like, Holy shit. Like I'm sure that was really groundbreaking uh, at, yeah. at the time. Think about, I mean, in Japan they did get what we call super Mario brothers two, but their Super Mar- it was called Super Mario USA. Super Mario Brothers 2 was the Lost Levels. Yeah, so they really went from right, right. their Mario 1 to their Mario 2, which was more Mario 1, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then to jump to this. It's a that, trip. Yeah, that's a big jump just from graphics, from gameplay. Oh, did they not have Mario Bros. 2 as like... Well, it, it was called Doki Doki Panic. That's oh really? So yeah. they, they had that, but it, they they didn't have the Mario filter on it. Yeah, the the Mario Two story is like a, a great Wikipedia read if you want to look into it. But it's it's a trip. It's basically in the U.S. We took a port of a game, a Japanese game called Doki Doki Panic, and then added all of the Mario pixels on top of it. But the base yep. game is the same, which is why Mario Two feels so oh, weird. Like, well, yeah, I, I knew of that, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that in Japan. I thought my I, I assumed that I thought it was a um, game being built, and then halfway through the production, they decided to go Mario. Mm-hmm. But no, so that might that, that, that might be right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a finished game that in the U.S. they're they just saw the demand and they knew Mario. They didn't want to release Super Mario Brothers 2, like the Lost Levels, mm-hmm. here because they're like, I don't think people are going to like this. And it was incredibly difficult, too. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a ton- piece of it. Yeah. It's kind of a slap to the. They said it, uh, uh, they didn't think Americans would have the patience for it. It was which very is it's, true. Yeah, uh, it's very trolly. Like, it very much, like, it's a frustrating game. It, like, there's it, a mushroom it, that kills you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah right away. It's, it's yeah. literally. Um, it's like Mario, but the first time you get a mushroom, it just, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, and there's, there's ends of levels that you get to the end and then it sends you back like further than where you started oh, from. Wow. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like a false ending of the level that like transports you to earlier it's, in the it's game. It's kind of neat. Cause it's like Mario bros is like expected to be your first game. And this game is expecting you to have played Mario bros and it's mm. subverting all of your expectations of the first game you play. Mm-hmm. Um, literally yeah. by being like in Mario bros, the first mushroom you get, you get bigger right away. Mm-hmm. This one is like, no, me, the first mushroom you get is going to literally kill you. And that's, yeah. that's how they start it. Yeah. You know, to your point about, uh, Brett, about, uh, refinement and like the third game kind of being the, the one where they really got it together. I think that's true here. Also, if you look at the Japanese progression of games, because lost levels was that super cruel, difficult, not yeah. a huge graphical upgrades, like literally the same, the game, same game yeah. as the first one. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, with this third one, you, you could look at it the same way that we look at our super Mario brothers, one, two, and three as like, wow, they really figured it out after a weird sideways step. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just interesting seeing video games in a state where they need refinement because refinement just, there isn't a template that has existed. So it just needs that step. Like games just need that. Right. Uh, so it's cool seeing, cause nowadays I don't want games to, like games are expected to be refined. Um, I want things that are going to be subversive and, and, but these earlier games, it seems like 
those always fail for me. And it's always mm-hmm. the ones that are just nailing mm-hmm, what they can do. Yeah. And then the last thing is, do you guys notice, has Mario's nose changed over, has he gotten a nose job or something? That, well, yeah. I, mean, I tried to ask Nintendo and they yeah. told me to fuck off. Did you send a letter in about this maybe? Yeah, they told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my name. I didn't even, that's not the name I wrote on the letter. Listen, Kyle from like, Miami, Florida. Here's the like, deal. <laughs> and like, um, I could see them writing this I in. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot of stuff to do here at nintendo america and responding to these asinine questions (laughs) (laughs) they do seem like this like that one person got this and like got all the corporate people and like guys come here you want to see this stupid letter i got (laughs) yeah yeah. you know it's so weird my phone is ringing hang on a second oh it's nintendo of america they want to offer you a job i don't know how they're (laughs) listening to this (laughs) Just the right amount of disdain for their, for their <laughs> job. It's great. Uh, All right. You guys want to jump to Howard and Esther? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Howard and Nestor. <sighs> we're here. Yeah, we're hitting the hitting the big the big the big piece. It's Howard and Nestor. Yeah, How, Howard and Nestor is Dragon Warrior themed this yeah. month. I'm not sure if you know the Howard and Nestor like canon or or like the whole the whole thing. I did force him to listen. Yeah, to no, I've, I've listened. Segment. I've listened to y'all talk about it, and I'm intrigued by how much I hate these guys. <laughs> You're gonna fit right in. This oh, is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're like it's the same story. You're getting fed every time. It's uh-huh. uh, Nestor. Uh, tries to pretend he's he's good at video games, and then Howard uh, says you're bad at video games, and that's the whole story. Uh-huh. Howard, the classic uh, Nintendo Power employee, yeah. just shitting on this fan base, and like uh, uh, any any hint of inspiration in, in a child is like squashed, basically. I mean, it really is. It's like um, they're um, pretty much saying, like, "Hey, don't think for yourself. You have to listen to exactly what I say, mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. should get punished." It's, right. It's, it's the overall message that Howard Nintendo Power. <laughs> so. This was the first Nintendo Power I had as a kid. I got to say, I do not remember this comic at all, which I think is really it's telling. It's so forgettable. It's so it's 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 fucking perplexing why it's in the magazine at all. Like it's truly this should have stayed like on a bulletin board in the cubicle headquarters. Like this shouldn't be like broadcast to the masses. This is just like funny inside jokes with like the, the employees or something. I don't know why people have to read this. Well, it's, it's I think the tough thing is it's it just, since it's a comic book, it automatically is going to get kid retention. Yes. Uh, and I think they're like, Oh, well it's doing better than all these <clears throat> word articles. But mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. If you put any other comic in this, it would be way better. Yes. And on the same tip of it being a comic book, I, my feeling with, are you guys familiar with like, they're called chick tracks. So it's, it's Is it like chicken like, singing pop hits. No, 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 no. So T T R A C T S. If you've ever, if you've ever been like ran, so it's similar to like a Tijuana Bible. If you've ever seen these before. Oh yeah. So, so it, but, but like Tijuana Bibles are like, they're, they're like pornographic. A chick tract is like, if you've ever been like randomly in an airport and there's like a, you know, tiny flip book sitting on a table that you're at or something. And you're like, Oh, what the fuck? Somebody left this behind. And then you flip through it and it's got these like hyper evangelical themes in it and stuff. It's like a little comic book. You've never seen these before. Google it. Google chick. I got to check this out. This is what this feels like to me. Like it feels, so it feels like it's going to be like, 
uh, uh, you know, Nestor being like, I don't need to read my Bible. I'm going to go outside and play. And then Howard is like, uh, uh, you need to listen to the, the, the message of the Lord. And oh. then he gets punished later on. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, that is, that, that, that's pretty right on the nose. It really is like, um, that covers the dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. For, that's it. You, yeah. You it's very, it it's very moralistic. It's really weird. And it does like this specific one is, yeah, we should talk about it, what happens and sorry, yeah, what are you going to say? I mean, mm-hmm. this whole issue just does feel like it feels like a like bible metaphor that makes no sense like, <laughs> yeah. it feels like a bible metaphor that has nothing beneath it it's yes. just a it's a metaphor for being the sake <laughs> the sake of a metaphor but this right. is absolutely a bible it's a, shed, a bible story it's like two inches deep in Yes, a hun- like like you're gonna learn the sin of pride based on this, and it's like what? what the f- yeah. So so in this comic, Nestor has come to Tantagel Castle, which I guess is a Dragon Quest location, and he's supposed to get this thing called the Stone of Sunlight, and there's a huge crowd gathered inside the castle walls to watch him, and he's like a knight, and uh, there's an X on the ground, mm-hmm. so Nestor, you know, correctly I would argue is like, well, I just got to dig through this hole, but like. He, um, you know, he's like, stand aside, folks, I got this. And he takes the shovel and the shovel immediately breaks on the ground. It appears to be solid concrete. Yes. And then uh, Howard appears as a mysterious silhouette with a bow tie. Yeah, well, it's like he comes in and you can tell us whenever you see a bow tie, you know, it's Howard. That's that's the tell. Robots, Um, ninjas. But he's not just a silhouette. He's like an internal void. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is. It's that weird type of silhouette where it's not black. It's like the silhouette is like space, like stars and (laughs) sky almost like it's like a cosmic. Like if if Howard was projecting on the astral plane, this is how he would look, except he also has a red bow tie. So Howard is wearing his, uh, <laughs> it looks like a light blue 80s prom suit. Yes. In this one. Yeah. And uh, he, he tries to tell Nestor, he's like, if you tried going out to the back of the castle and walking around the edge, there's an entrance there. And Nestor doesn't believe him and proceeds to, in an escalate and heightening, I believe is the comedy term, he, he brings uh, increasing tools of uh, construction and destruction to try to get through this X, yes. mm-hmm. like a jackhammer. Looks like he has dynamite in one of these. Some good heightening. Uh, some, he shoots lightning from his, a wand. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it still doesn't work. Um, he does. He does make rabbits out of nothing with his wand in those panels. Yeah, oh, was yeah. that was that like his magic failing? Like he made rabbits instead of actually opening the thing. Is that, of, is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of, that's not really heightening. That's kind of a lateral move. The weird thing yeah. is, like, yeah, because um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if creating life is a failure. <laughs> depends on how you look at it oh yeah i guess that is. I, I, I guess more i guess there might be a little more complexity beneath so so i, I get it like the the idea the, the general idea here is like howard being like hey have you tried this thing that might be easier and then um nestor due to his again sin of pride is just <laughs> continue continuing to like be kind of you know pig-headed about his way and he wants right. to keep doing this thing yeah but he's trying to get the sun the stone of sunlight that lies beneath the castle, right? Yes. And there's an X. And there's an X like it's buried there. But then Howard's advice is going around the back door and walking around the edge to an end. Like, is the idea that the entrance would lead him to a room with the sunstone? Like, like what? what like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't like sound a, like listening to his advice would help him any in this situation. Yeah, because it's it doesn't involve going lower. So. Right. Yeah. yeah like it also like, doesn't sound like it would take very long for him to walk around the back of the castle and just have a look. 
But honestly, to center, be, center mm-hmm. pride again. Yeah. Well, I would maybe argue that if there was a uh, if there was a silhouette with a bow tie that had the eternal void, <laughs> That's true, I might yeah. not immediately listen. I would question his motives. It's, for he's sure, like, yeah. it's not just he's digging the hole and then he just sees a void silhouette <laughs> saying, "Go around the back." I, yeah, <laughs> I think it would make sense to avoid the, avoid that area at all costs. So he ends up spending all night building a gigantic uh, drill to drill into the hole into the hole and we don't see whether it works or not i think it does is honestly oh, my guess really? I, I think it works hmm. um but well, of course you know he's like eat, eat drill castle and uh howard is like i guess some people just need to make a grand entrance and that's the end of the comic um i would love if every like uh, like Bible thing ended with Jesus doing an eye roll. Well, I guess this guy didn't. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess some people don't want to love their fellow man. It's like I, I yeah. think that also, yeah, like it, it would be a really interesting Bible story if the person didn't listen to Jesus. Jesus was passive aggressive about it, but then the person's uh, sinning worked. Yeah, yeah it's, right. I mean, it, it's it's tough to kind of get your gauge on this because. Um, I mean, I guess we, we don't know if the machine works or not because like it could day, not work. It's like if I am reading this thing, it's it's uh, like you can you could read between the lines and be like, oh, this is some weird propaganda kind of like godly thing. But you know, end of the day, <laughs> that's just still being a piece of shit like kid. Yeah, it doesn't we don't see it succeed. We see him confident, which he is kind of for most of these attempts. He says, "Back door, ha, eat drill, castle," which is a funny <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, he's got some decent zingers. I just I don't I still the logic of. Like if there was an X on a beach where there was buried treasure, the advice wouldn't be, "Hey, walk around to the other side of the island." There's an, you know what I mean? It's like no, it's yeah. fucking, it's in the ground. He needs to dig through it. So what do you think? Yeah, it's literally what an X means is there's treasure. Yeah, like should- is the idea that Nestor's going to crack through this X and it will be a lower room that he's getting into, like a whole other level? It doesn't seem like that. Yeah, like a cavern or something, maybe. So there's an entrance to the cavern that. What's the fucker's name? Howard is trying to get him to. <laughs> and I'm guessing they'll eventually circle back to this and explain, but for now. Do they? Do they <laughs> no, ever? Okay. No, probably not. Right. Hey, okay, here, here's a theory, and I'm, again, going with the drill works, dot, dot, dot. Um, okay. Is is this something that didn't actually happen that Howard is just making up as a parable, like you said? Mm-hmm. Because this feels weird. Think about the journey that we've been on yeah. for the last several issues with, with incepting and like the childcare system and he meets yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like this just doesn't have the oomph of some of the curveballs we've been thrown. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, yeah, I guess it is like this interesting. It's like I don't know if they're purposely feeding us a pointless metaphor as mm. <laughs> as kind of a fake out because mm-hmm. it is like I feel like whenever there is a story about like a person wanting to go to X. And uh-huh. refusing to like listen to advice, yeah, and they're still trying to go to X, right? It's like all all the pieces for a metaphor here, but none of the just it's it's like the metaphor is clothing without this person under it. It's just the it it seems like a metaphor, but there's no like lesson learned. Like what mm-hmm. what is this lesson learned? Do you, do you think it's just pride? I think it's it's um it's easier for some people to drip. It's easier. <laughs> No, it's, it's so, so it's easier for the, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a castle to eat drill. Okay. Yep. It's definitely biblical. There's something biblical going on for sure. I just feel proselytized too when I look at this. So are we pretty much saying Howard has like, at least elevated himself to a Jesus like figure? I mean, he literally that outside what is that x1 calm down 
X one's using a circular saw. Uh, 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 that's that's because you're hearing Nestor drilling through the page. Yeah, yeah. It's literally yeah. I think that um so if Howard appears as a void, maybe he's an angel. You know, he's like mm. be, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried going out the back door and walking around to the edge of the castle? That mm-hmm. that feel that tracks. Do yeah. you think maybe if you incept someone so many times you eventually start to have a god complex? I think this is absolutely something. I don't think Nestor is actually in this story. I think this is a fabrication on Howard's side, and he probably made it. Maybe he did find the Lord, you know, because (laughs) we have established that he his obsessions probably led to him being estranged from his family, Mm -hmm. because we see that single bed in one of the previous comics, Um, and his behavior is so holier than thou and so lame. That I have to think it's that, the, the hands behind the back does a lot of that work, right? Walking around in a yeah. suit with your hands clasped behind your back in a bow tie. It's so judgy. It's so I, like, yeah, I am an observer of lesser people here. You know, I agree. And I, I there's not a single panel where his hands aren't behind its back. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one. There's, there's one. one. With the, the jackhammer one. There's also, jack- when he's a void, one hand is behind his back, not both. Okay. <laughs> you can tell that. <laughs> Yeah, look at the silhouette. Yeah, I actually think I could confirm that. <laughs> one hand, one hand forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even like a right tool for the job kind of lesson. It's, it's no. It's, some the the final line is, I guess some people just need to make a grand entrance. This, I roll. I, yeah. Well, I mean, I really think it's it's uh, the. I mean, the whole thing is like he didn't listen to how he didn't listen to him. So it really is just like if this was like a Bible verse, it'd be like the end would be like you don't. You, you don't listen to Jesus, so you're bad. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of more of an oppressive kind yeah. of... That's night. a message that's covered a lot, not necessarily in the Bible, but mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in religion. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, it seems like it doesn't really go anymore. It's not like... like I, I feel, Yeah. I gave you don't you listen the, to Jesus, you're bad. What does Jesus say? Oh, lots of things. Some of which are contradictory. Because like, sometimes I feel like I'll... I, because I used to like go to church as a kid. <laughs> and, oh, no. and like sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes you'd I'd go and be like, oh, they actually taught a lesson. They like actually attempted to like give an, a valuable lesson oh, sure. on a Sunday. We went and we learned a lesson and we came back. Mm-hmm. Then the other half of the time you're like, oh, this is just weird. And they just want money. And mm-hmm. like that's that's it. And it kind of feels like uh, we're getting that end of it. I went to church and I got that. Yeah, I think How- Howard has given the path to heaven, which is... <laughs> Going out the back door and walking around the edge of the castle. And he- heaven that's, is under the castle. That's that's the path. So like the, well, the, the words are there. Like the map is there. I've given you the, the path to heaven. And Nestor in his, again. Hubris. Hubris. It's not even pride. It's hubris. It's pure hubris. It's like pride times two. Times, I'm going to say three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he um, insists on drilling the ground. He, I mean, in fact, if you want to even go further. Like, A true sinner drills Howard- the ground when the path to heaven is around back of the castle. Yep. Yeah. And that, yep. maybe that explains the different paths, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Howard is going, I mean, Nestor wants to go down towards hell and Howard is offering the path upward to heaven and Nestor mm-hmm. just won't listen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Although I would say the only difference would be um, Nestor is the one who creates life. So is he the godlike figure by creating the bunnies would be my only question. Do well, you- no, I think I, I, to me, his, his bunny creation, his wizard mode that tracks with like, 
the the pharaoh's best mystics like <laughs> right you know doing their tricks and then moses like makes all this like all the snakes that they, they make like end up dying and you know that that whole yeah. thing like moses like, made like way better snakes yeah oh. all, made so many snakes so that the like, river all, became they, snakes. all of the pharaoh's yeah. mystics were doing parlor tricks and then moses does actual miracles that's what this feels like do you think if we saw a panel before this it would have started with howard doing a spell that created three nesters <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where are the other two nesters? It's yeah. possible that each nester in this, in a, in each panel, is a different person. <laughs> so you're saying is this comic takes place over the course of like 20 years? Oh, what if, yeah. what if this is like a long line of nesters, and each one who tries to go downwards, when they uh, they they try, and 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 Howard says, "Hey, come to this back alley. Mm-hmm. This is the right way." He offs them, and then the next nester try. It's it's so if a nester each attempt is a different nester. This mm-hmm. nester with the drill that's actually going to get through the X in the last panel is just going to find a cavern full of dead bodies. Mm. Okay, I okay. It just kind of clicked for me. <laughs> so when we first begin. Right, you, you know, in like 2001, when the um, they show the ape like proto humans with the bone as like the first tool. Oh, the movie 2001, the movie, yeah, not yeah. the year. Oh, okay, no, yeah. I remember back yeah. in 2001 when the apes had. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, in, in the movie. Sorry, in the movie yeah. 2001: yeah, yeah, yeah. A Space Odyssey, and they show the like the the the, the you know cavemen kind of like ape folks doing the the first one that discovers a bone as like a bashing tool. Right, mm-hmm. that's that's Nestor with the with the shovel. And then as humanity advances, we oh. get to the jackhammer, right? A little wow. bit more using, we're using gasoline, we're using right. steam, right? So he's going through these modernizations, trying to get to the kingdom of heaven oh. <laughs> via different means, right? And, and you could also, people sometimes describe ma- magic as science we don't understand. Yes, So when, when Nestor is at the point where he's doing magic. And he's saying abracazam. Yes. That is pretty much saying he's at a level of science that's so above what even us is, as yes. maybe to Nestor at this point, it, uh, us three cavemen in a room hundred percent could understand. And he's exactly. getting, yeah. And he's, he's, it, it's, it's generational, right? Like as technology gets better, as our understanding of the world gets better, we're still attempting the same thing, which is peace. It's paradise. It's, it's a oneness with the universe as yeah. expressed by our cosmic silhouette of, uh, of, uh, Howard. I can't, I have to keep going back to look at his name. <laughs> and, then, and then at the very, at the very end, our last piece of technology, it's like the future. That's a device I've never seen before. That, that, that uh, very yeah, last totally. giant drill. Yeah, yeah. What and is that thing? It's some kind of like futuristic steampunk drill. It's like three stories tall. And Howard is sitting there rolling his eyes because he knows none of that's going to get you there, buddy. You cannot dig to the kingdom of heaven. That's you it. have to use faith. That's it. And yeah. they merely listen to oh, him and you use have the to little walk, faith. Or walk around the back. So this is an anti-science parable. It, it, it is uh, yeah, very much so, which is very in line with like it being a chick track that you would find on like a airport lobby table. This was, you know, we, this yeah, is the first issue outside of the 1980s too. And I think uh-huh. that says a lot. That's uh-huh. actually pretty, yeah. Cause the, it, this actually does all kind of like line up cause it really is. It's like, uh, you have to listen to the void, mm-hmm, uh, God mm-hmm. slash Howard. Yeah. Uh, and instead of the human hubris of, of trying to become God by mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, invading in science. Yes. Do you guys think, okay. So this is a prequel. <laughs> you I guys agree. know Archie comics, right? Do you know that there was like the comics are back in the Archie comic days? The year Archie comics, not the okay. comics. All right, cool. Uh, there was uh, so there was Christian Archie comics. So it was like exactly the same as normal Archie comics. They were just about the Lord. Mm. Um, Do you think that this is a soft reboot? And from here on, Howard and Esther is a Christian comic. 
it seems like it seems like it's the only way it can go. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, or at least as like kind of a misdirect because you know there's always some sort of deeper scheme going on in these mm, comics. Okay, and, yeah. um, I think uh, Howard, frankly, is just leveled up from inception to uh, becoming a godlike figure, mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. an agent of the Lord. <laughs> If not the Lord himself. <laughs> you're, you're asleep in your race car bed. You hear a noise. It says, be not afraid. You wake up, there's a burning b- bush in your room. And and it's you, like You wake hey, up and you see a, 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 a mysterious void with a bow tie. Hey, do you know how to get off the first bag. island in Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link? Be not afraid. I think we cracked it. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm surprised because I have to admit, when I first read this, I was like, what is this? But it's like, now it makes more sense. I'll be honest... These are kind of these are comic books that are best uh, enjoyed with the group because every time we we go into it, I I start being like I don't know what the fuck this means. Yeah. <laughs> and we always we always crack it. No, you need multiple academics looking at this stuff. There's no there's no way to process it as one person. So absolutely, my, I guess my only question is: so if this is this kind of like um, millennial, like this like thousand year parable that we're watching, how does this uh, uh, fold? In, I get into the rest of the storyline we've been experiencing. How does this fold into the Inception War Nestor and Howard have been, have been having? Mm. Do you guys want to flip a coin and say if the drill works or not? Yeah, and we always like to flip a coin to see uh, for one canon decision. I'm into it. Um, X1, please flip a coin. Flip a coin. And I guess it's the decision of whether man beats God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, is, uh, what is heads and tails on this? Uh, I'd Heads it works, tails it doesn't. Yeah, heads it works because that that is um, the head of man. <laughs> Flip a coin. It's heads. Ooh, oh, it wow. works. The, the 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 drill works. Yeah, I I still maintain that I think this is Howard's concoction, and none of this really happened. This is like part of this is his pamphlet that he's putting out <laughs> into airports. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the big decision I know is that Nestor beat beat God at, at, the, at the end. <laughs> of Only this, in so. Howard's mind. He, he he fears he fears that hubris. So yeah, whether there's, some, it's a, there's definitely a power shift. That, <laughs> that, that, I mean, yeah. How, yeah. Howard is now going through divorce proceedings. He's alone. He misses his kid. Uh, maybe there's even trouble working at the warehouse at Nintendo of America. I <laughs> I have to imagine that this is like him attempting to compensate with his own uh, personal demons, his own lack of faith in himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. Um. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think I'm good to go. Uh, All right. <laughs> Counselor's Corner. Yeah, I, got, I think I got nothing. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, even the counselor pictures are a little underwhelming. Derek Whipple's looking pretty good. Yeah. No, this I, is, so Counselor's Corner, this is in the magazine, this is what? This is just like, the counselor's giving you like, uh, here's here's something people have trouble with, and then kind of helping you with it? Yeah. Is okay. it is it question? I can't even remember, because we've, we've just started skipping this section. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, Counselor's yeah. Corner and Classified Info are usually mm-hmm. back-to-back right now, and, and the way that we've always described it is Counselor's Corner is solicited game tips from game counselors, where it's mm-hmm. like, where are the magical buildings and who framed Roger Rabbit? How do I pass the dancing Japanese zombies in level five and monster party, which I've, I've never heard of that game. Um, I haven't either, but I like the, uh, I like the solution to it. It's like when you meet them, they'll ask you when you meet them, they'll ask you to watch them dance. If you try to defeat them with your weapon, nothing happens. But if you just stay in one place and let them waltz around the room for a while, eventually they'll self destruct. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty cool way to like have to beat a part of the stage. Yeah, that's uh, fun. Easily the high watermark of Counselor's Corner, of course, is the Counselor headshots, which are yeah. always a treat. 
Yeah, these are these are fantastic little snapshots of time. Little little glamour shots of uh, what 1990 looked like. Derek Whipple, very much like a, a Tim and Eric made up name for, <laughs> for, for this person. He kind of has like a Tim and Eric. Like he seems like one of those like random actors they would grab. Greg John. Olson looks like a guy who would be in like a Too Many Cooks style Adult Swim yeah. film. John Hammaker too. <laughs> I'm sure sure that's not how you say it. But I think it's Hammaker, but it should yeah. be Hammaker. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. Hundred percent. Uh, and then next up is classified info and that is unsolicited game tips. Uh, the game counselors come to you. It's more like Easter eggs and stuff. It's like, it's, it's like not like a tip to actually help you in the game. Like Mega Man two for this one. They, they just give you a tip or like there's a little secret in it where when you do a boss, there's like stars that shoot across the screen to like be splashy. And you can just type in a code where the stars turn into birds that fly across. Yeah, the screen. I kind of I mean, I can't think of many other examples of that, but I like that. That's like a cool just like a weird cosmetic change. You know, I'm like, did, yeah. that, did that exist for the programmers to test something at one point or is it just straight up like oh, I'm just going to put this in? And it's kind of cool to change the stars to birds. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what the advantage of that would. Be. Like, yeah. I, it's an Easter egg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does but almost like, seem like a like a board developer, almost, right? Because right? because a lot of codes start that way, right? A lot of codes start as like people designing the game needing kind of shortcuts to like, oh, it'd be, it would be easy for us to test it if we can just skip to this level, oh, or right. oh, if we can make sure that like we have like infinite ammo, just do this quickly. Oh yeah, it's like I, I, like I guess I, I don't really know the full intricacies of this, but like it would be interesting. It's like, oh, we want these things to fly across the screen to make it splashy. We don't want to create that sprite yet, so let's just grab something we already have. We have birds. Mm-hmm. Put it there. Mm-hmm. Boom. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. I bet it was something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I got about. Yeah, time. I got really... Uh, the only other thing that I thought was interesting of like a thing that doesn't exist in games anymore is mm-hmm. figuring out one-up loops. And like right. Mario, you would like get a little like turtle in a corner and keep jumping on the shell over and over and over again that way you could get unlimited lives mm-hmm. right that's like a very outdated thing that i think is interesting that it's just only in this era yeah yeah but yeah that's about it yeah. you've got um kid icarus has like a code that's uh usually i assume that these are like these you know like the metroid kind of codes where it's usually like you know a series of numbers and letters or whatever and this one is if you put in Icarus fights Medusa angels. It like, uh, like warps you far in the game. Yeah. Or gives you like the name of my pop punk band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was the poem on your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Moon drunk monster. <laughs> the best poem. Uh, let's see here. Then there's some new game previews, which is not really anything super interesting here, unless you're down with chess. Yeah, admittedly, it's like, has there ever been a ch- game that's better than just playing chess? <laughs> Like an improvement upon the... Yeah, like is, right. is it, would it ever be worth going to a video game format for it's, chess? Let me answer your question. Should you just buy chess because that's pretty easy to get? It's hard because you either you either are just doing cosmetic improvements and like making it look cooler, which is like sweet, or yeah. you're changing the rules of chess, which is like, <laughs> then you're not really playing chess yeah, anymore. We actually know? talked about this with Tetris. It's like uh, the best nude versions of Tetris is just, it, you can only really do cosmetics. Yeah. yeah. It's Tetris perfect. with space whales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, video shorts. Uh, I, it's weird that they split out. They have a new games now available winter winners section, and then they have another short section on new games, which makes no sense. But mm-hmm. again, nothing really, unless you know, Dig Dug 2 is in here. You guys, you know, I like, like Dig Dug. Yeah, he's he's fun. He's a fun guy. Like Dig it. Dug 2, it says, the new version of the arcade classic, the action is now seen from an overhead view. 
I'm mm. like, that's awful. That ruins it. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't dig dug like the whole point is like you're digging deeper and like that's what you're getting to witness yeah. is sort of the That's the, like if they like made Minecraft, but they're like, now you just <laughs> can't go downward. Yeah. It's it's Pac-Man, except now it's side scrolling only. It's like what? No, it's, it's My, Minecraft, except it's an RPG, which they yeah, did actually yeah. do. <laughs> or that uh didn't they Telltale do a Minecraft adventure yeah, they game? They did a Minecraft Diablo type game. Mm. Uh, all right. And then we got the NES journal. Yeah. Not, not, uh, oh, oh, yeah, actually. NES journal is pretty good this time. We found Sweet. out about the people who went to Nintendo of America's corporate headquarters. Yeah, it's funny because wow. they, they like presented it as like a Willy Wonka adventure, yeah. like which obviously is it an office complex in Redmond, Washington? Right, and right, when right. they described the trip, they pretty much stayed there. Like, that they're like, yeah, we were there for like three percent of it. Then we just did shit in Seattle. <laughs> like the majority <laughs> of their trip was not spent in the headquarters. Yeah, wow. it looks like they did a day and a half around nintendo of america and then they wisely were just like let's take these kids to a seahawks game I, you know they like the last half is just them saying all this other stuff they did and that was definitely them just being like oh we fucked up we gotta like actually make this fun <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely too long a trip apparently very much uh nintendo forgetting that this was their weekend with the kids <laughs> <laughs> well said i i will admit i was pretty hard on this contest when it first showed up because as somebody who works in the corporate world, I'm like, nobody wants to go visit our office. Yeah. But uh, they got to play a bunch of games that hadn't come out yet, which mm. is super neat. The ones that, that are cool. in this issue. And I was like, you know, that actually sounds pretty fun. And they got to beat uh, Howard. Tight. Finally. Yep, there he is in one of these pictures. Just giving a real villainous handshake. He meeting, does meeting look, with Howard through a thin sheet of plexiglass. <laughs> it's weird that Howard looks like one of the teachers from Harry Potter. <laughs> I go through three decaminate. Now whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Then then there's this thing where so Captain Nintendo is back. I thought we were done with him. Yeah, he's the one that's doing the one nine hundred number still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck yeah! I forgot about these things. The like pay. God, the like credit card charge or no 900 just build your phone directly right yeah it was like they bill you a buck 50 to listen to a loop an audio loop of game tips which what if it's not i guess this time they actually tell you what games are included in, in the different things which is That's nice because when they, when they first announced this it was like yeah so you call and they're like hey and uh the adventures of lolo too yeah i don't have that game i can't even rent it from the grocery store to beat stage three of willow it's like what (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah that that, were kids calling that i mean i knew i knew i well everybody who i knew would have gotten in so much trouble if you called one of these numbers (laughs) you kidding me yeah i've told the story i I did call the game counselors a couple of times but that wasn't a recording that was i talked to a person person, and they gave me hot tips for games yeah this one it's like hey if you don't pay your your phone bill but want to call captain nintendo which sounds like a thing that like the police should be involved in whoa <laughs> they call me yeah. captain nintendo set up an iou system with the person who pays the bill you could also pay them in advance oh that's wild is this like a tip for orphans that doesn't sound like how you would talk to a parent about calling a 1-900 number it's very yeah it's very much like trying to get the kiddos to like propose the iou system to their parents if you don't pay your phone bill but want to call Captain Nintendo, set up an IOU system. Yeah, that's very much just like, and if you're worried, there's a way. <laughs> my parents died in a circus explosion, and my older brother has to run the household, so I right. have to set up an IOU system for him. He yeah. knows what 1-900 numbers are for some reason. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're doing this, just call a phone sex line, kids. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the older brother does. <laughs> play the uh, play the slide whistle so we kill the erection of whoever's listening to this. Yeah. I'm calm, always, always down to hit that button. Calm things back down. Yeah. And then uh, the next page covers a very, this is like historic Nintendo stuff. The Nintendo World Championships 1990, which if you know game cartridge collecting is where you got those uh, really expensive limited edition competition cartridges. Mm. Uh, there's like two different versions of them. There's the ones they actually use for the event. And there's the prize ones that are like gold and there's only like five of them in existence. And how pricey are they? I haven't seen, it feels like all of this stuff around auctions are like for wrapped unopened copies of like Mario 64 and stuff lately. Um, and those are going for like six and seven figures. I remember the world yeah, championships cartridges being valued at like five figures. Whoa. So yeah, it's crazy that there's probably like the same way, like a person would try to like, uh, make a fake, like Mona Lisa people are doing with a world championship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, the original <laughs> NFT was the black and white label <laughs> world championship, yeah. 1990 cartridge. And I'm sorry. I know I just made a phone sex joke, but this, this, so this page is <laughs> Nintendo world championships. So NWC, at the very bottom, as soon as we know more details, it's very tiny. As soon as we know more details, we'll publish them in Nintendo Power. Or if you can't wait, call the NWC hotline, phone number 1-900-HOT-4-NWC. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, yeah, thanks for taking yeah, the energy out of, uh, please. out of our listener. <laughs> too, too steamy right now. That is wild. Calling yeah. that number, it says here in the article, costs 50 cents a minute. Holy shit. So you you were charging kids to okay. So to be fair, they do mention on the previous page that calling these nine hundred numbers is potentially cheaper than calling long distance to the Nintendo headquarters. Uh huh. I don't know. Interesting. This is yeah. a different time when calling another state was like expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I didn't really live it. <laughs> uh, this celebrity profile. I just want to mention it's Stephen First. I recognize this guy, but I don't know anything about it. Like, I, he, it, it's vaguely tickling in my brain. So he was uh, one of the kid, one of the freshmen in uh, Animal House, but I guess he was also in Saint Elsewhere, which I did not know. And I know him uh, from Babylon Five. He hmm. plays Veer in Babylon Five. <laughs> it's like a formative show when I was a kid. I, I, I would not have guessed this guy to be the, the. His big thing was being in a frat movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he does he not was, look fratty in his picture at all i mean he was in animal house he's like the hapless dork right like, ah, okay. oh so he's not part of the that yeah he's a, he's a freshman the, the the animal house guys give him a wedgie right? tracks right? yeah basically yeah that's the gist of it oh, okay that that i'll track uh i think it's funny so there is a story about how he got cast in babylon 5 as this like bumbling ambassador's assistant by just showing up to the audition and being a bumbling doofus and in this article they mentioned him getting the job at animal house by being a bumbling pizza delivery man and i gotta hand it to him like what an actor to be cast multiple times just by being yourself around people (laughs) (laughs) yeah the dude's got his brand he's got it all right yeah packwatch has some games they have narc in here when narc came out on the nes though they didn't have the blood spatter on the logo because narc was a war on drugs game yeah, uh, I played you, that once. Uh, you got a machine gun, those drug like dealers. The bad guys like literally throw heroin at you, if I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> they throw needles, and if yeah. they stick you, you hallucinate? Yeah, they, yeah that's like their <laughs> their bullets are like just needles, if, if I remember correctly. We got to check that out. I didn't know that was the case. That's very, it's very 1980s, very war on drugs. And there's also a Wall Street kid in here, which is also very 1980s. It is weird like playing like an old pinball machine and seeing 
like every pinball machine had to have a message at some point on the screen saying, don't do drugs. Oh yeah. Like every arcade unit has that one yeah. like FBI logo kind of thing. Kids Real were, winners don't do drugs, right? That's yeah, like the classic that one. That was their whole campaign. Yeah. I wonder if that stuff worked because like I didn't smoke cigarettes because of the scare campaign they did. I don't know whether or not really? that's the right thing you should do, but um, I was definitely, like as a kid, I was scared of cigarettes for quite, I mean, I, like by the time I was like in middle, late middle school or high school, I was like, I think that had evaporated. But for a while I was like afraid of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you say, Ali? Was Dare um, good or did it make, was it effective or was it? detrimental and that it made you do drugs i i made a promise in dare that i still have not violated to this day no i i I, I think i think drug education is good and smart and of course like for children especially like make sure that they're not getting into shit like that and early and i think you do need a a bedrock of education for all that kind of stuff that's really good and at the same time i think it's chill to make fun of it yeah (laughs) yeah 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 I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think you make your decisions as an adult and I think it's good to be educated on all of it. I would have preferred rather than a police officer visiting me at age seven or whatever to mm-hmm. freak, freak me out about uh, acid that uh, a burnout, like a hippie burnout visited me at age 17 to talk to me about acid. Yeah. <laughs> that would have come in handy. A little bit more of the scared straight thing. Yeah. The police, yeah. I forgot about the, so much of the police involvement with dare. That was pretty annoying. Just like. Uh, cops kind of being the authority on like what drugs did to you and stuff like that. Oh, is that, that was very, did you have like a cop come in and speak? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. That didn't happen for me, but yeah, I think maybe they'd scaled it back a little bit by the time you, you were in school, but that was the thing. It's like, I feel like they hit you too young for it to be, it's, it's like razor blades and Halloween candy. It's like, how often did that actually happen? I was, I was just talking about this with my girlfriend about how I was for some reason was trained as a kid to never get inside of a fridge. Is like don't oh, yeah. play in fridges. And I was like, fridges I'm not, could lock I'm, back I'm, then. I fucking I won't. I'm never. Gonna, <laughs> I don't know when this happens. I'm, this is never going to happen to me. I'm not going to do it. It was like it was like such a, a scary like and never, never get into a fridge. And I was like, okay, yeah, I won't. I Actually, there, going there to. was. I ever had like a big bin where we would put like our Hot Wheels cars. Oh yeah, and the bin has like a thing saying don't like don't put a kid in the bin and close it. Uh-huh, and sure, that was actually yeah. helpful for me as a kid. Cause uh-huh. I, if that wasn't there, I'm sure me and my brothers would have been like, Hey man, I'm going to put you in here for a couple hours. Perfect size. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was a perfect, it was a child's size. Yeah. This, this came up because uh, my girlfriend was telling me a story about how when she, when she was young, they were playing hide and seek at a friend's house and she encouraged an even younger kid to hide in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is really, really and then they took funny. the dryer and pushed it down a hill with the kids still inside it right? no, just like a little spin cycle it was fine it was like a on delicates no he he was fine i mean the kid was like okay and then like uh i, I guess she so told, he was afraid but willing I, to do I, it he was just like yeah right well, you know and then and then she told she told her mom about it afterwards and her mom was like fucking you know horrified and then called the other kids parents just like hey just so you know this happened like just talk to them make sure they don't you know yeah, that <laughs> like that uh, yeah. Yeah, they gotta need, no, not to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like like now that like, now that it's been tested as like a place to hide, it's like just make sure they know never to yeah. do that again. Because I'm guessing you know? your, uh, she wasn't like um, bullying. The, she wasn't like ah, oh, be funny. Or was she? It was, or, no, or no, was she like, she was just straight up like that's a good spot. Yeah, you know? totally, like she yeah. didn't understand the danger either. So I think I'm, I'm surprised kids survive. <laughs> I didn't I, think uh, about that a lot. Tru- it, truly it does seem wild that yeah. kids a, survive. On so on Reddit, I think the uh, a picture of like a 1900s climbing frame, like a playground kid playground for kids, went up, and it's like 
the bars that the kids are climbing on are a solid like 12 or 15 feet above the ground. (laughs) So it's like you fall off of that, you are breaking something. You are breaking something. Player pull contact. Guys, do you want to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie with 25 of your friends? Yeah, renting out a theater. That's pretty sick. That's cool as hell. I for a while I was really these these polls have been getting these contests have been getting a lot better in prize, and I was kind of saying like, oh, I think it's like these big vacations are the cooler prize. But I actually think the difference is uh, the reason the grand prizes have been getting better is because only one person gets it. When they were shitty, it was like when fifteen people would get the grand prize. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like this, but split in fifteen. 15 pieces of how cool it is. This would be just like, yeah, uh, it, would, it would literally be like a movie, th- one ticket by yourself to the, to the theater. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to just give one person the prize, even if like, just to give the kid the fantasy of winning it. Right. So it's interesting that they do the movie screening prize directly over the players poll winners of the RoboCop two contest, which if you will remember was a prize to visit the set of <laughs> RoboCop two and presumably watch the scene where RoboCop 2 throws a bank vault with a kid inside it off the side of a building and crushes the kid. Yeah. Um, you know, or any number of other ultra-violent um, <laughs> scenes that happen in the <laughs> RoboCop franchise. Uh, look at who the winner of this is. John Esposito from Burbank. Whoa. Somebody from Burbank won the uh, opportunity that, uh, to dang. go to Houston to watch them make a movie, which uh, he could have done by walking outside. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that good catch! That that is such a bummer. I just saw that. It's yeah. not in my notes. Sean oh, Esposito man. from Burbank is just like jaded on movie sets already. <laughs> oh, John, I'm so sorry. What a bummer. That'd be like uh, winning a trip to Nintendo, the Nintendo headquarters, but you live in Spokane. I, I wonder if this was like a uh, a child like star that the, the parents like this what is if a, john this is, is like this 28 is network, this is uh, a networking opportunity yeah oh yeah john john is a recent film school graduate he went to ucla <laughs> <laughs> he won the prize to go to houston and hang out with like a bunch what, of what if robocop like talks to talks to a kid right here <laughs> like like i walk in <laughs> yeah you're gonna escort him off the set he yeah. had a great time everybody it's good I gotta say, <laughs> some kid dressed as a robot companion. Yeah. What if there was like a RoboCop Junior? <laughs> <laughs> he's RoboCop too, right? I, I we gotta up the ante. <laughs> I, 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 he's he's part of the reason some of the the graphic violence in RoboCop Two is so extreme because he's like, no, nah, it needs to be bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene in RoboCop where there's just like a black box over something that's blurred out. Yeah. <laughs> the kid. clearly John Esposito. <laughs> John did this. Uh, second prize, also kind of a, a nice but potentially questionable prize considering your age range. They give you an NES game and the movie it was based on. So you could win Batman, which sure, or Ghostbusters. Feel sorry for that kid. Um, but also Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> RoboCop. It's a bunch of games where if, if I was a responsible parent, I'd be like, I'm just going to hang on to the tape for a while. Yeah. <laughs> predators another one on there that's great <laughs> oh my god it is i'd missed that i saw friday the 13th sophie's choice what the fuck <laughs> do you <laughs> also the winner of the superman one also bad Although, bad game i i do have to say as a kid i didn't have like a lot of rules in the the old household and i feel like i was able to i watched a lot of stuff before i probably should have mm. but it didn't I, I, like maybe it did but i don't i feel like i'm the opinion that it did not matter at all mm. that i that i watched them mm-hmm. i had a pretty vivid imagination so you think it would have freaked you out? I didn't. I mean, I couldn't finish watching Ghostbusters 2 
or Jurassic Park. Both of those were like too scary oh, for okay. young me. Okay. Like mm-hmm. sub, sub age 10. It's kind of up to the kid then, I, I guess. Uh. Yeah. So it's like, as far as I was concerned, anything that was happening in a movie was real and would probably happen to me. So, okay. yeah. Mm. The Ring did freak me out a lot. Yeah. Like the movie Ooh, The Ring. Yeah, the Ring was scary. That's just- I was fortunately old enough that I had realized horror movies, certain horror movies, not funny games, are, are like roller coasters. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> not irreversible, but you know, like the ring. Yeah. And then I was down. Then I was just like, Oh, this is so scary. <laughs> that's a good, that's when a good I was, movie. you know, 18 or whatever that came out. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like a young kid where like I, I uh, had a TV in my room that I had us take out of my room. Dude, uh, you watch the ring alone in your room. No, watch, watched it. And then I like went, and I'm pretty sure. My, oh, because she would I, come I'm out of sure the TV. I'm pretty sure my little brother was just fucking with me, and like he had the remote to my TV and kept on turning it on and That's stuff. That's funny. Which um, that's so mean. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> constantly fucking with fucking David. <laughs> so I, David, I, you're traumatizing I, your brother. I that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the magazine. Hey, hey. Yeah, guys, we made it. Hell yeah. Oh, I think this the might be it. It's definitely not it. What is wrong with you, Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> Forgot I had that on here. We had some good ones. Yeah, I wish you'd use them. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm done. Uh, Boner alert. Yeah. What the hell was that one? <laughs> <laughs> Play the slide whistle. You got to get rid it's of that anti, anti-slide whistle yeah, let's, drop. Let's do this. End on the high note. Uh, hey, hey, do you... Oh. Guys, guys, what are our Howard and Nestor ratings? Yeah, we got to rate Howard and Nestor one through ten. We have uh, to. Okay, yeah, I, I think I know where I'm. Start us off. Let's do it. Uh, where I'm at. Uh, so, how do I feel about Nestor? Um, yeah, I mean, we we saw the evolution. I saw, like, I feel like if you watch a person be born and go through their entire life, like we saw a lifespan of many Nestors. So I feel like. Uh, just that level of closeness and intimacy of, of getting into someone's life kind of bumps up the rating for me. So I'm, I'm probably gonna give him like a three out of, out of 10. I think it's really generous. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll go up for my usual, uh, mm-hmm. for, for this one. And then Howard God, he's God. Mm-hmm. He's a godlike figure. Mm-hmm. It's, um, hmm. uh, uh, so until I get more information, I have to give him infinity. <laughs> Yeah, oh. a safe, safe, our, safe our, score. Yeah. Our first infinity. <laughs> <laughs> On that same tip, can I can I jump in there? I'm, yeah, I'm going to be um, Nestor is going to be a three. <laughs> All right, and then Howard is going to be sixteen. So we got a three sixteen going, please. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> we, are, oh, we are breaking the number scale like crazy this round. Nestor Howard three sixteen. Please read it. Make sense of it. Implement it in your life. Is that what we just read? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So I don't find, again, I maintain, I don't think Nestor actually is in this comic, even if it is like a tale of tales and it's like a thousand years of Nestor's trying to come to this castle and learn the word of God, get, get to heaven by digging. Um, so I'm going to give him a, a, just a dash line, like, like a not oh, applicable. A, a, a null. Yeah. I'm going to give him a null. <laughs> cool. It's not even a zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a new, that's the, a new opposite, score the opposite of infinity. Mm-hmm. All right. It's like the, a, even the absence yeah, the of abs- absence. It's like, like it's literally it's not zero. It's, it's the absence of anything. It's a I'm gonna give silhouette him, blue. Yeah. I'm going to give him a, a score. Like, <laughs> I'm going to give him a void with a bow tie on it. Great. Perfect. Uh, 
This number, we are throwing this number scale in the trash this episode. And then I, so, and then my read on Howard here is that he's like, this is all kind of like, it's not like Howard's trying to teach, but I think he's really dealing with some stuff. Like mm. his, his plans for Nestor have kind of come back to him and bit him in the, in the butt as it were. And like, he's just writing this atrocious Bible parable that is just, it's really pathetic. And mm. I, I just feel for him. Um, I'm going to give him a three. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, okay, uh, so avoid with a bow tie and three. Yep. Great. So avoid, my... avoid with a bow, bow tie out of 10. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nestor will get like not a null when he's in the comic again, mm. you know? Okay, he'll get some actual score. Our, our whole thing was actually the op. We had the opposite. I, I, I gave Nestor a three, then Howard um, an infinity. Yeah. So, and yeah. then my Howard got sixteen. But I wanted, <laughs> I want to change Howard's score to the word Yahweh. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I think we bro- we broke the ceiling with so this one. You're um, giving Nestor a three and Howard a Yahweh. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to keep mine the same. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing two rounds of the score. Nah, <laughs> I mean this, this any, could any, go on forever. Any, any other last minute changes? Yeah. So uh, thank you all for listening. Appreciate appreciate the. Thank the you listening. for coming out yeah, of the pod, man. Hey, thanks for having me. That was that was fun, guys. Yeah, this is extremely fun. Good, good blast. Yeah. Fun fun oh, little yeah. round. Yeah. So, Amen. The best way you could help the podcast is by sharing it, so that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, if you, uh, ma- if you, if you made it this listen, far. You, made it, you finished it. Thank you. you Thank you for it. putting up with us for this long, however long this episode turns out. Hour 45 or whatever. Hour yeah. 50. Um, yeah. Hey, give us a plug. Let, let everyone know that you tolerate you tolerated the whole episode <laughs> <We just started laughs> on your yeah, socials. God, please. And while you're on the internet on your socials, uh, please go to Ali underscore Gondur at Instagram. If I'm ever doing anything fun, I usually post about it there. Hey, there yeah. we go. Check out, check out Ali's gram. Cool. Check out the grams. The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>